0: Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. Welcome back to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole. And one thing that I encourage a lot of clients to do, one thing a lot of people encourage a lot of people to do, so kind of just common best practice in finance, personal finance is, is to keep an emergency fund. An emergency fund is there so that if you have an emergency, if you lose a job, if something comes up, you have funds that you can use to pay for that expense. The challenge, though, is with the most recent Federal Reserve moves in response to coronavirus and the shutdowns, was rates have been set at zero. So that's what they determined was the best move for the economy to keep things moving. The downside is for savers, if you checked your online savings accounts, if you've seen the the rate that you're getting in those savings accounts, it's pretty depressing. With the Federal Reserve moving rates to zero, that translated also into the savings rates that you could expect being at 0% or next to 0% as well in many of your savings accounts. So a common question that I get a lot is, James, with this, given the fact that interest rates are next to nothing or are at nothing, where should I keep my emergency fund given the interest rates are so low? So what we're going to explore today is what's the purpose of the emergency fund? How does the purpose of it dictate how it should be saved? And what are the best options of what you can do with your emergency fund at this point? So let's jump right in. Let's start again with the purpose, which I just alluded to. The purpose of an emergency fund is to meet emergencies. An emergency could be a job loss. An emergency could be a medical emergency. An emergency could be the hot water heater blowing out. An emergency could be the car breaking down. It's something that's unexpected that happens. And if you don't have cash reserves when something unexpected happens, you've got one of two options. Either you can go borrow money, whether it's a credit card or high debt, debt with a high interest rate, But then you end up paying a lot of interest payments on that debt. And that can be very expensive, not just to pay the expense, but also pay the interest charges associated with that. If you don't do that, you might have to pull money from your portfolio. If you're pulling money from a 401k or an IRA or other investments, there may be penalties, there may be taxes, there's going to be some negative consequences for doing so. So an emergency fund helps to protect you against things like that. James, this is obvious. We know that, of course. Yeah. So why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because I think a lot of the times when people are asking, where should I keep my emergency fund with interest rates so low is because we have a tendency to view it almost like an investment account. And this is natural. You know, you should want to be able to squeeze out everything that you can. You should want to get the most growth that you possibly can. But what I encourage people to do is view your emergency fund more as an insurance policy and less as an investment. If you get growth from it because interest rates are good, that's just an added bonus. But the first priority of it is treat it like an insurance policy and insurance policy. You don't expect that to be something that grows a whole bunch. You expect that to protect you against what could go wrong. So the first thing I'll say on this is, is try to switch the thinking a little bit. Yes. If we can get growth in the emergency fund, do it, but not at the expense of using it for what it's designed for. So now let's look at options of what you could do in your emergency fund. A lot of people, what they'll do is if you have a bank account, you might have your checking account and then you'll have a separate savings account and you call your savings account. thats just call it your emergency fund. Well, if you're with most major brick and mortar banks, that savings account might be paying 0.01%, 0.02% in interest. It's pretty depressing. You're just not doing anything. You're not even keeping up with inflation at this point. So the next thing that you can look at after your bank savings account is a high yield savings account. And these are with places like Ally, with Barclays, with uh, Capital One. These are just a few examples of them. But a high yield savings account, it's a, it's a kind of a misnomer right now. They're really not that high yield, especially with interest rates being cut so low. But you might find a high yield savings account that pays half a percent to 0.6% in interest. A lot are even lower than that. But that's kind of the average of what I'm seeing from the the more reputable banks out there. So is it more than what you could expect in your savings account at your bank? Sure is it going to move the needle in terms of your preparedness to be on track for your retirement goals or anything else? Probably not. Again, one of the things that we need to maybe backtrack on is is how much should you even have in your emergency fund? You know, if you've got several hundred thousand dollars in cash, then it really makes sense to squeeze as much as you possibly can out of it. With your emergency fund, though, I'm typically recommending that people have somewhere between three to six months of living expenses in their emergency fund. So if you imagine just for take a hypothetical example, if you were to lose your job, what would your basic expenses be? Let's say that number is $8,000, just using a round number. If $8,000 is that number and you want to say have 4 months of living expenses in your emergency fund, that means you need to have $32,000 set aside. Okay? So, you have $32,000 set aside. Let's assume that you go out there and you you get a high-yield savings account that's paying double what I just mentioned the average is. So, you find the best one, you get 1% interest in your high-yield savings account. Well, 1% on $32,000, it's $320 per year. So is that something? Yes, absolutely. That's 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 money. There's nothing wrong with wanting to try to get as much interest as possible on your savings account. But also look at the flip side of this. That $320, as I mentioned, it's not going to move the needle in a major way. So let's give this conversation, let's give this topic the, the appropriate amount of energy, but no more than that. I see so many people obsessing over how do I squeeze out 0.1%, 0.2% more in interest. And again, if it's on a very, very large balance, that makes sense but what's the cost to you in terms of time and energy and resources that you could be devoting elsewhere to constantly be trying to find the best interest rate on a high-yield savings account? What I recommend is if you can find something right now, and this is being recorded in in October, November timeframe of 2020, that half a percent is probably about what you can expect to get. That on an annual basis is about $160 per year in interest if you have an emergency fund of $32,000. So again, not not anything to, to just be dismissive of, but also recognize even if you did find the best possible high yield savings account how much is it really going to move the needle so that's one option high yield savings account find one that's good find one that's reputable find one that's got great customer service because ideally you want to be able to access that money really quickly if there was an emergency fund or an emergency so what i'll typically recommend people do is if you have an emergency fund let's say you bank at i'm just going to say bank of america for example Well, if you want to have $30,000 in your emergency fund, you might still want to keep a chunk at Bank of America in that savings account that's not paying you anything or whatever bank you use. So you might keep $5,000 there. You might keep $6,000 there just so if you need immediate cash, you can instantaneously transfer funds over to your checking account and have them available. With the remaining $25,000 or so, though, that's where you can look to store that money in a high-yield savings account that is going to get you a little bit more in interest and the nice thing is these high yield savings accounts, if interest rates go up or as they go up, they're typically going to credit that interest to you. So it's not like you need to constantly be finding the next one because your rates are locked in. Those rates will gradually go up as interest rates go up, but that could be some time before that happens. So high yield savings account, that's one option. Another option is a CD. So CD is a certificate of deposit. The difference with that is with the CD, you are to some extent tying your money up for some time frame. You could get a six month CD, you could get a 12 month CD, you could get a 24 month CD. The longer the CD that you get, typically you're going to get a little bit more interest in doing that because you're telling the bank that they're going to have access to your funds without you drawing on it for longer periods of time. There's some pros and cons to that. The pros might get tiny bit more in interest than you would in a high yield savings account. So I'm just looking at some examples here. I just Googled best CD rates as I'm recording this, and they're in the 0.75 to 0.8% range for a 12 month CD. Some are a little bit higher, there's some promotional offers, but that's kind of the average of what I'm seeing here. So you could get that money, you could get that money, an interest rate, I should say, that's a little bit higher than high yield savings account. The downside is a high-yield savings account that's freely accessible at any time. You could add money to it, you could pull money from it, and you get credited interest for as long as many days as that money is in the high-yield savings account. With a CD, once you open one, a couple of things happen. Number one is you really you can't add money to it. So if you're trying to build up your emergency fund. If you get a CD for say $20,000 and your goal is to have $30,000 there, well, if you put that first $20,000 and then you get $5,000 that you want to add to it, you would actually have to open up a new CD to do so. You can't just add it to the existing CD. Each one, it's it's got its own kind of contractual rate of interest that it's going to pay and guarantee over that time period. But if you add new funds, you have to open a new CD. Number two, that money is liquid. There's a little bit of a penalty if you take money out of a CD. But the penalty is typically you just lose the interest that you would have accrued up until that point. So if you have a CD that's paying 1% interest over 12 months and 11 months in, you have that emergency and you need to use that money for what it's designed for. Well, it was accruing interest for those 11 months. But if you have to pull it all out, you're going to lose interest. Any interest that you would have accrued to that point, it gets returned to the bank. You don't actually get access to it. That's the penalty for taking money early from a CD. So is a CD worth it? Yes, you can squeeze a little bit more interest out of it but in my opinion, I'm not sure if that interest is worth the the lost flexibility. Sometimes it's just easier. It's more simple to have that high yield savings account. This is going to come down to a very case by case basis for you and what you might need the funds for. But to me, the extra small amount of interest that you're going to get, but losing some of the flexibility, losing some of the simplicity of a high yield savings account just might not necessarily be worth it to get that extra 0.1 or 0.2% or so in interest. So just to recap so far, Most brick and mortar banks, their savings accounts are paying almost nothing in interest. High yield savings account, you might find in the half a percent or so range based upon where things stand today. CD is probably a little bit higher. Those are really the options that you're going to have in terms of fully safe and fully stable investment options. You know, if you want to be sure that your emergency fund isn't going to go down in value based upon market movements, that's probably the extent of what you can expect. Now, some people say, well, should I invest that money? You could invest that money. And if you invest that money, you could earn more than the half a percent to 1% that you might find in a high yield savings account or CD. But what I'll do is I'm going to take you back to what's the purpose of the emergency fund. You know, if the purpose of the emergency fund is to be an insurance policy almost think of it as like a moat around your, the rest of your investments, the rest of your personal finances, the, most, the rest of your financial life, that emergency fund is like the barrier between your financial plan and what could go wrong. And if that barrier could potentially be diminished by market downturns right when you need it most, then it's really not serving its job. So some people, I've seen some people at this point invest in their emergency fund or at least part of it at this point. But just ask yourself, is the extra growth that you could expect from that, especially if you're investing in a fairly conservative portfolio, is it worth losing the purpose of what that account is designed for? So if a client comes to me and asks me, should they invest our in emergency fund? My answer is, is is almost always a definitive no. It's remember what the purpose is of that money. Treat it like an insurance policy, not like an investment. And for the time being, accept the fact that interest rates are low and probably will be low for some time to come. So I wish this episode I had some magic bullet, some silver bullet that said, here's the best place to keep your emergency fund. You're going to get three, four five percent interest. Unfortunately, I don't. It just doesn't exist right now. But what is important is just coming back to the fundamentals of why do we have the emergency fund? What are the options? You know, certainly don't neglect the half a percent or more that you could get in a high yield savings account or a potential CD. But also don't give this this topic too much time, too much energy when there's so many other areas of your financial life that that time, that energy that your resources could be devoted to and move the needle in a much more significant way than finding an extra small amount of interest could for your emergency fund. So that's it for today's episode. Thanks as always for listening and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know by leaving a five-star review. And as always, for listening list of the notes and the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find those at the Ready for Retirement website, which is readyforretirement.co. That's readyforretirement.co. And if you have a question that you would like for me to answer in a future episode, then you can also go to the Ready for Retirement website, readyforretirement.co. And there's a page called Submit Your Question where you can submit a question for me to answer in a future episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice, it is for informational purposes only.